This is the Spirit Truth Podcast, conversations to equip worship teams and songwriters. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Spirit Truth Podcast. If this is your first time listening, uh, my name is James, and I'm your host. I've been involved with worship teams and leading worship and songwriting for it feels like 100 years, but it's not really that long. Um, And along the way, I've really met some amazing people who've become very special friends, and I'm going to chat to them about the challenges and the joys uh, of worship ministry. And for this episode, I've got a really close friend who is joining, thanks to the wonders of technology, uh, all the way from the Netherlands, uh, Yolandi. Yolandi, you can say hi. Hello. Hello. I can't believe this. Across the globe. Thank you, FaceTime. Yeah. Um, so, Yolandi, I'm going to give you a, a chance in a moment to tell us a bit more about yourself. Um, but from my side, I, I got to know you, I think it was eight years ago. Uh, when you first came to Stellenbosch, you came as a as a music intern, very yeah. shy, <laughs> kind of read books in the corner, didn't engage with anybody. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, that was eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot that can change in eight years. Exactly. Um, and since then, we've really had the privilege to do so much. Um, and at the beginning, in the intro, I mentioned that we're going to speak about both the joys and the challenges. And Joe, I think I've had both both my my best moment of worship and my worst (laughs) moment in worship (laughs) alongside you. Um, And so for that, I just want to mention two quick stories. Uh, I'll start with the worst one. Do you know which one I'm going to mention? I'm I'm leaning towards a live TV (laughs) (laughs) experience. So a few years back, we were invited, the Shafa Band, to, to take part in this live TV um, presentation. It was kind of a 24-7 worship thing, amazing event, amazing people involved. Good idea, uh, yeah. Great, great idea. <laughs> we're very excited, but we are so inexperienced. I mean, we've never done anything like yeah. worship on live TV. Uh, this is even before, like, it became really big on, on YouTube and stuff with yeah. churches streaming. And so... Yeah, I'm not going to go into the full story, but so many things went wrong, like from the beginning, uh, from even before our worship session, that I was so stressed out that the last thing I was thinking about as we were worshiping was how I was singing, <laughs> <laughs> which meant that I was singing really badly. And then um, kind of somewhere in song two or three, I see Yolandi, who's a, a few meters away from me playing keyboard. I see her yelling at me and yeah. I've got my in-ears, my in-ear monitors in, so I can't hear a word that she's saying. And I kind of just carry on, but after a while she, <laughs> she doesn't stop, stop yelling. And so eventually I like pull one ear out and when I've got a free moment, I go a bit closer and then I just hear her yelling at me, James! You're singing flat. <laughs> <laughs> and might I point out, it was one of the first times we'd ever used in-ears and they were completely oh. sound blocking. So you couldn't oh, hear me shouting. Oh, my word. Oh, exactly. I, it, was... It, it, was, it was a terrifying moment. And <laughs> it it kind of, no, it, it got better somehow from there, but that was still a really challenging moment. And anyway, that, that was one of the most difficult moments. And one of the best uh, started actually in not a great space. We... <laughs> Um, we both were at a like a small ministry camp uh, in Switzerland um, where a few people from all over Europe came together and we did a, like a worship uh, ministry camp there. 
Yeah. And Yolandi and I both had a stomach bug, which meant that like in between worship, we were taking turns basically to run to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> and throw up. Uh, it was it wasn't it was not pretty. Um, but what, the amazing thing is just because we were so like at the end of ourselves, I mean, nobody, I, I wish it on nobody to lead worship while having a stomach bug. Yeah. Um, it really wasn't great. We were kind of at the end of ourselves and we were just yeah, so. Yeah, I think it was on the last day as well that we were just. Yeah, we were so done. like desperate. Um, yeah. And then before the one session started, we went and we just started kind of worshiping very softly uh, on our own. Uh, it was about like an hour before the time and just it was God's presence was just so tangible. You know, when you're kind of at the end of yourself mm. and then just God is really just so manifest. Mm. Um, and slowly people started to file in for the session. Uh, and then we, I don't think we even ended up having a session. It ended up just being this extended time of the most profound worship I've ever experienced. Small, yeah. like intimate group, maybe 20 people, 20, 30 people. Uh, but something, one of the most profound times of worship. So, Joe, you've been there for the best of times. And the worst of times. <laughs> Luckily, um, I wasn't the cause. <laughs> not the cause, no. <laughs> but tell, tell me in, in like a minute, tell us about yourself and how you got involved in, in singing or worship and what you're doing now. Um, I, I actually tried to count before we started today how long I've been doing this. And I think specifically in worship ministry, I've been doing it since I was 15. So it's about 14 years now. Um, wow. that I've just been singing and playing keys. Um, and yeah, when I was thinking about singing, um, my, yeah, a lot of my family, my grandparents and stuff were in the music industry. So I kind of think I got some genes in my, <laughs> in my <laughs> heredity about music. But, um, I think the earliest memory I have of actually being aware of singing and music and harmonizing was when I was about seven or eight years old and my parents went to a home church in America where I grew up and I remember there was a lady that used to harmonize but obviously I didn't know at that point that that is what it was I just remember sitting with during the worship before they actually started with the small group um, and just listening and starting to hear this woman was singing not what the melody was she was kind of adding and it sounded so beautiful and I wow. thought you know there's like something different but I can't really figure out what it was and I think from then kind of something rooted to figure out what that was, what what added, what made it so beautiful. And it was kind mm. of like since then, always in the back of my mind, when I heard a melody or I heard some a tune or something like that, I was trying to do that, what she was doing, you know? So I kind oh. of, I think I did it without even really being aware. And it developed over the years. I mean, in primary school, I sang in some choirs. And um, yeah, that was kind of just like, from then the start of it and you know it wasn't always that great and I think only much later even after I really started getting into worship ministry when I was 15 that my voice really stabilized and developed and stuff but mm -hmm. um yeah that's me and now I live in the Netherlands with my husband Marco and we yeah we moved here from South Africa to help with the church show for church plant here and um we also have full-time jobs but um yeah actually we're both musicians in heart so that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. And, um, worship is such a key part for uh, for for the church in Europe, and yeah. especially for church plants. So it's really you guys do amazing, amazing work. 
Um, cool, but I want to I want to jump into our topic for today, which is to chat about uh, vocals. And we're not going to speak so much about leading worship today. We'll leave that for another day, even though you are a, a worship leader. Mm. Um, but I want us I want us to focus specifically on those who who sing some might call it backing vocals. You yeah. know, so in other words, you're you're not leading a song, um, but you're you're providing that support, kind of like that that lady who you heard so many years ago. Um, who was kind of blending with the leader and, yeah. and adding something. Yeah. And so my first question for you is, is uh, how does the role of the, the backing vocals differ to that of the lead vocal? You know, um, what, what's the differences between them? And, and why do we even have, you know, several singers up, up there on the stage? Why don't we just have a, a one worship leader? Uh, what's yeah. your take on it? Um, well, I kind of went to go read up a little about uh, what the word harmony actually means. And I found three really cool definitions. And the one is that it's an a, ple- a pleasing arrangement of parts. Um, the mm-hmm. second one is that it actually means unity. And the third one that I found is interweaving. And oh. I think just to bring it down really to the basics without complicating it, it's a lead vocal is the one that's singing melody and a backing vocal is the one that's harmonizing. Um, yeah. And now there's a difference between singing a harmony and actually harmonizing because you have a, harmo- a harmony is the actual, um, the actual, let me say, the flow of the notes that you're singing, but harmonizing is listening to what the melody is doing and fitting in with it and mm. making it interweave. Um, so okay. that's basically what it is. A, a lead vocal is the one that's singing the melody that's that's creating the backbone of the song that's actually leading what the and congregation what- needs to sing. Yeah, that's what most of the congregation will sing. Exactly. And then we back that, we interweave with that, we make it interesting, we um, create atmosphere in that. Um, and I think also one of the biggest reasons why we have more than just a worship leader on stage is because um, as members of a worship team, we're actually all leaders, whether it's mm. uh, instrument, whether it's um yeah, the lead vocalist himself or herself or its backing vocalist, we're all kind of leading together the congregation into worship. It's an opportunity for us to encourage and um, yeah, to lead yeah. others into worship. So, I mean, just having one lead vocal on stage is not as engaging and encouraging to a congregation of people that's standing down there as having actually a team on stage that's all leading by example, that's all in- also helping the worship leader. I mean... Um, just in terms of me and you, like if I'm backing you, I know that, um, it's not just an opportunity for me to chill and to sit back and to be like, okay, well, I don't have to work so hard right now because James is leading because it's actually a partnership. Um, it's, it's me. I back you. I, I kind of help you. Mm. I help your voice to rise above everything, help to, to facilitate the moments with my voice. But also mm. when I'm standing there, the way I'm worshiping is also encouraging people to worship. You know, like it's Absolutely. it's kind of like I don't have to play an instrument. I don't have to hold a guitar. I don't have to focus so much on leading the band. So I actually have a better opportunity to clap my yeah. hands, to smile, to move yeah. in a way that's actually making other people inspired to also to worship and to move and, you know, to yeah. do that kind of stuff. And um, like Psalm 145, there's there's a really beautiful line that says um, that we're letting the world know of his goodness. And actually, you know, when we're standing there as backing vocalists, we're also just like the way that our body language is and the way that we're seeing the way that we're standing there and smiling. That's also, you know, letting God, letting people know God's goodness. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And um, even without even without singing. Yeah. Uh, you know, just with your body language, exactly. you're expressing worship and you're encouraging yeah. um, people people to engage. Yeah. So so basically we're backing you in your leadership by helping to lead. And and that's a yeah. really important shift to make because I think a lot of a lot of us um you know, when we know somebody else is kind of taking the lead, we tend to sit back a little bit and, and just go along mm. for the ride. But mm. I think we need to make that shift between between letting someone else just lead and, and we do just sit back to um, leading alongside and, and supporting yeah. and, you know, kind of coming up with the le- the worship leader or with the lead vocalist when something is growing, when the spirit is moving, yes. you know, and, and yeah. that it's a team effort. It's unity, not just in vocals, yeah. but also just like as in, as yeah. a team. Yeah. yeah. As a leader, I, I've, I've experienced that so much, you know, you step up in faith and you maybe sing a, a spontaneous line. Um, and it kind of, it went, if the backing vocals immediately kick in and they join you with that line, mm. you know, they harmonize with it just immediately kind of, it adds so much more uh, power to, to, to what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so there's really a unity thing there. Two other things I'll maybe mention is just, um, often the congregation, they can't really identify with the drama or with the electric guitarist cause they don't play those instruments. Um, but they can, in a sense, identify with the singers that are up there. Yeah. Uh, and so that's why I think they're often, they're inspired or uninspired by the way that the singers worship um, because they can identify with them. Yeah. So that, there's just really a, a responsibility that, that comes along uh, yeah. with singing. Um, and the other thing we know, this is too big a topic, but just the whole concept of singing, um, it's biblical, you know, yeah. and it's throughout scripture and throughout church history the people of God are singing people. Uh, and that, in a sense, it actually sets us apart from many other faiths as well, just that God has um, caused us and God challenges us to write new songs and he, he, he commands us to sing to him. Uh, we're a singing people, and I think that's brought through beautifully by the singers on a, on a Sunday. Exactly. Um, so, so my next question for you is I, I want to kind of jump into the deep end here uh, with a question that I think affects a lot of singers in teams. Um, mm-hmm. And the reality is that your voice is very personal, uh, right? You know, a guitar is something external. Uh, you can, if you tell somebody they're not great on guitar, it's, it's not such a personal thing. But if, you, if somebody's insecure about their voice, that's kind of who they are. Mm. Um, and I think vocalists often feel very vulnerable around their voice and, and therefore kind of insecure. Um, and so... How do you how do you grow out of that self consciousness? Uh, you know, if you're standing there on stage and you feel like everybody's looking at you, everybody's judging your voice. How do you grow out of that? Yeah. Uh, well, the sad thing is that we can't, like a guitarist, go to a music store and buy a new one, right? Which <laughs> 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 uh, we have what we have, and we, you know, we have to get used to our voices, um, mm. and we have to make peace with them as well. It's just the same as a woman with her body; like we have to make peace with it and and manage it. <laughs> but, um, mm. Yeah, but anyways, that's another topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think. The first thing I want to say is that you never entirely grow out of being self-conscious. Like I've I've been doing this for a really long time, and I think you could say that as well. There are definitely times more than others that those moments come back where mm. there's just a really temptation to be self-conscious and to be kind mm. of like, you know, I'm really not sounding good right now, and it, it discourages you, and you do have bad days. It, I mean, your voice, it's not a physical instrument that you can hold, but it still is an instrument. It's still affected by... Um, temp- 
temperature, how you feel, you know, like all mm. that kind of stuff. It's it's really an unpredictable instrument. Um, but mm. yeah, so so it's not something that you have to strive to completely get rid of. Self-consciousness is always going to be there to a certain extent, but it is about changing perspective and it is about kind of learning to become comfortable with what your voice sounds like. It's, you know, mm. I think something that I really struggle with personally still sometimes is just to listen back when I've made a voice note or, you know, mm -hmm. something like just like hearing my voice and thinking, oh, it sounds so squeaky or, oh, why did <laughs> I make that sound? Or, you know, like there's just always, and when, when I was recording stuff, singing, it was also for a long time uncomfortable for me to listen back. Um, and yeah. I kind of had to force myself to get okay with that, to get, you know, just to listen, because I would always compare it with someone else. Um, and with, the, you know, this person sounds better doing this song mm. and, you know, like kind of like it becomes a comparison thing. Um, mm. But yeah, so um, one of the biggest things I think that that our perspective needs to change as singers when, when we're struggling with self-consciousness is that we're not just there to sing a song. We're not just there to execute it. Um, we're there to worship. Um, mm. So it's not Amen. just about focusing on our execution, about focusing on, on our song. Obviously, we're striving for excellence, but that's not the focus. And that's not where we should base all our feelings when we're singing on. But actually, yeah. what is our application? Our application is to come and to serve and to worship God. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's especially when I was a teenager and I was younger, and I mean, still now, it's like, you're kind of um, always conscious of what somebody's thinking about your voice. And the first, especially when we're still learning and we're still starting and we're a little bit immature, is that the first thing when we go off stage is we ask everyone, did it sound good? You know, was it okay? <laughs> and stuff like that. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I do think that we consciously need to make a decision to not want to ask that question all the time and to be okay mm. with, okay, you know, if it sounded not great, then that's fine. But I wish it my heart out. And trust mm. that, that, you know, God used that voice that you sang over the mic and anointed mm. it and um, that somebody heard it beautifully, not because of how great you were singing, but because of the anointing and the, prof you know, the prophetic power mm. it had. Um, mm. And I really, st I do believe like I've heard some scientific studies also that um, a person hears their own voice in a different way than other people hear it. Um, mm. And that's also something always to keep in mind, like we're incredibly self-critical as humans, yeah, you absolutely. know, and we'll, we'll be really hard on ourselves, but it's not necessarily how everyone else hears it either. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's all kinds of stuff like that, just starting to understand that your voice is a personal thing and it's very much part of you, but it's not what everyone else is focusing on. Um, yeah. And it's not what they're supposed to focus on. It's God and the worship. Yeah. Um, and, and so just kind of like that whole perspective shift is a really important starting point. Um, mm. And like I said, just getting used to your voice, just being okay with it and being like, okay, mm. this is what I have. And now I'm going to make the best of it and I'm going to shape it. And none of our voices sound the same. And all of mm. our voices have different weaknesses. You know, there's different things that, that we struggle with. And we need to get to managing those and not comparing yeah. it to everyone else's. And, you know, no matter how much I want my voice to sound like somebody like Alicia Keys or whatever, it's not going to. So mm -hmm. I have to to find the best way that my voice is. Um, yeah. And that's kind of the thing, like when we're shifting it away from, okay, well, how does it sound in comparison to what's the best that I can sing? You know, how can I improve yeah. my skill to serve? Yeah. 
And um, yeah. another important thing is also to to spend some time meditating on why we do it. Why do we sing? Why do we want to be on a platform? Why do we? Mm. Um, why do we want to sing over a mic? You know, like and and also to make sure that our motives are correct because the more selfish our motives are, um, the more self conscious we tend to be because it's mm. more about ourselves and satisfying our feelings yeah. than serving. Yeah. So that's just a good check. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's good stuff. Um, and I, I think you'll agree with me that, and, and you kind of said it, um, it's very much a journey. Yeah. Um, and it's not an instant thing. Uh, and like you say, you kind of never really reach the point, because we're human, uh, of not caring at all what anybody thinks mm-hmm. about us. Um, you know, you can get close, but uh, I think the side of eternity, it's it's always going to be a part of a, a journey. Um but I encourage you to engage God. I encourage for those listening. I encourage people to to engage God with it. Um, mm. I've experienced this, you know, um, ten, it's not that long ago, even sort of ten years ago. I remember being so insecure, so conscious of my voice, um, and then it was basically a journey for me of God coming and establishing my identity yeah. and how He sees me, and um, going to Him first with God. Did that please you? And was that a good offering for you yeah. uh, rather than, you know, running to the person backstage and saying, did I sound okay? Exactly. Um, and I think once we have a bigger revelation of of wh- what we're singing, and, and that's another thing, it's just to really meditate on the lyrics that you're singing on a Sunday. Because uh, if we really meditate on what we're singing, uh, then we also tend to overcome, you know, am I singing this in the right way or whatever? And just really having a revelation of who we're singing to. Yeah. Um. You mentioned some great things in 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 your last couple um, in the last couple of things you were chatting about. Yeah. Um, in terms of this is your voice, get comfortable with it, but also kind of grow it and develop it. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I want to chat about next is for those in worship teams. How do you develop your voice? You know. Yeah. Um, what are the, what are some of the things that you need to f- that we need to be focusing on to ensure that we're also being good stewards uh, of what God has given us? Yeah. Uh, because voices can be improved, and we can improve in our disciplines yes. and our technical technical skills. Um, yeah, I can maybe tell a, a little story. I remember the first time that I had to sing over a mic. I absolutely hated it. I was so intimidated and I was so scared. I will never forget it. It wasn't my... Did you get the shaky hand? I th- I got a shaking voice. I got a shaking everything. It was terrible. <laughs> I was. I remember I had to I had to play keys and sing um, the first oh, time wow. I sang. So I had, and um, it wasn't my conscious decision to do it. I remember the worship leader at the time had heard from my mother that I could sing. So then he was like, oh, but you should lead a song. So then I remember the one Sunday uh-huh. I got the song to lead and I can't remember what song it was, but I just remember this, the intro was playing and then I, <laughs> and I couldn't, I just, I don't know, maybe um, you know this, but I mean like the intro plays and then for some reason you blank out and you can't figure out where you need to come in. <laughs> and then you panic and then you finally know where to come in and you choke. And then it's just this awkward <laughs> moment that everyone just hangs and no voice, you know, no words come out. And that was and kind it of feels like an eternity. It's, and it's probably a few absolutely seconds. Absolutely terrible. Absolutely. <laughs> and you spend so much time afterwards also thinking about it. And that was my that yeah, that was my introduction into into singing and um, well, at least singing over a mic and on stage doing worship. And you know, like from there it was just a journey. And yeah, like like we said in the previous step, that that first part took a lot of just 
overcoming my self-consciousness because if I mm. didn't just get like start forgetting about how I felt it would have been so difficult just to step forward and to be like okay well I want to kind of grow beyond this because you mm. get so self-focused that um you can't really think about your skill it's just this mm. this kind of choked place so it took me a while it was a journey to just become comfortable and then to grow um and it yeah. and it was definitely not like months it was years that you know I was growing and I was you know, initially singing false still, and I could hear that I was singing false, but I didn't know how to correct it. And it's just kind of all this stuff, like no one starts perfect. Um, mm. And, you know, now someone can come to me and be like, oh, you sing so great. And then I say, well, you know what? I actually started really badly and nobody mm -hmm. believes you, but everyone starts at a point where, you know, yeah. you're at a, at a certain level and, and you need to grow out of that and develop that. And, yeah. um, that I just want to like start by saying, and that's something that I mentioned in previous the previous point as well is that everybody's voice is different. Yes. So some people are natural singers. Some people have a perfect pitch from birth. It's scientifically proven. They're very lucky. Um, <laughs> and so some people have it easier, and some people have to work a little bit harder to develop their skill. Um, it also goes with, you know, like, did you listen to a lot of music when you were growing up and stuff? It's like developing a motor skill when you're younger. Mm. Um, it has a lot to do with your ears and not so much with your capability of singing. Um, yeah. And that I'll come back to that a little bit later when we talk about harmonizing. But one really important point in developing your voice is being able to hear whether you're singing on pitch. Um, mm. is to be able to hear, are you singing flat? Are you singing sharp? And that only comes with singing a lot and practicing it a lot. Um, mm. and, 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 and being open to people telling you, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, and I'm, yeah, that also comes with the getting rid of the self-consciousness because there will be people mm. that with a really good heart come and say, listen, you were singing false. I remember when Reinhardt came to me the very like you know when I just started getting to know him Reinhardt is the sound guy in, in Stellenbosch for those who don't know who he is um and he's worked a lot with us on conferences and um the recordings and stuff like that and he was always really honest with me he would come to me and be like <laughs> and he would even play back stuff and he'd be like you were singing false here or you was you know like and at first I really got irritated but then I I realized you know that we need the people around us to be honest with us and tell us these things yeah. not yeah. The stuff we want to hear, but actually just to help us to be aware of ourselves in that mm. sense, you know, of the skill. Um, but yeah, so so practicing a lot, singing a lot, um, just coming to church prepared on a Sunday and singing your heart mm. out. That is really the best way to continue improving your voice is that you just have to be as well prepared as you can so that you can mm. stretch beyond that. It's it's really um, just comes with a lot of repetition. Rep uh, Repetition. Repetition. Yeah. <laughs> um, and another. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. Just before you move on, the voice is—it's really like a muscle. Exactly. Uh, and the the more you sing, the fitter you become. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like um, running. It's like all kind of stuff like that. Um, you know, you need to develop it so that you can do it. Have more stamina to do it. Mm. Um, and that brings me to a second point, which might not be everybody's favorite point that I'm going to mention, but actually a really good way to develop your voice is to exercise. Um, to run, mm. to do something where you get actually your lungs moving and, you know, your core muscles moving because those muscles actually need to be really strong. Um, and the stronger they are, the better you can sing because 
your singing is actually a very muscular act from your lower body, you know, if you're singing yeah. correctly. And and the better control you have over your lungs and your core, the better control you'll have over your voice. Um, yeah. But that's gets really technical. So that's what, you know, you can really go and look a lot online about that kind of stuff. And, and there's mm. really tons of, of tutorials and people talking about that. Um, it's very mm. interesting. Um, and then another point is is to go for a, a while um, and have lessons with somebody that's experienced and that mm. can kind of just teach you the basics or teach you the really core fundamental things. Like um, I had a vocal coach for three years and it was, I mean, it wasn't even gospel music. In fact, she completely disapproved of me singing over a microphone and she would disapprove very vocally every time I went for a lesson after Sunday because I always went on a Monday. Um, <laughs> and I did, I did like light classical, like opera type music, but, you know, I learned so many things and um, just about technique and how important it is to stand right and breathe right and mm. all that kind of stuff that, you know, you kind of, as a worship singer, you kind of think, oh, but that's for the professionals. But, mm. you know, as I kind of let that become part of my subconscious, I realized that it filtered a lot through to to worship and Sundays and how much easier it became to control my voice and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's something yeah. to look into. Even if you're great and you don't struggle with stuff, it's good to have some lessons. Yeah, just just quickly in that, uh, like in a podcast like this, it's impossible to talk about technique really yeah. and kind of demonstrate. Um, so when we're speaking about breathing uh, and all these kind of warm up exercises and how to stand right, um, it's very difficult to to cover in a, in a podcast. Yeah. Um, which is why I completely agree that something like a vocal coach, and you don't need to go for three years for classical no, lessons. No. I've, <laughs> I've I've been for two sessions and it was group sessions with two others which made it really affordable um and it changed my life like i just just somebody showing me how to stand where how to access more power in my voice and all of those yeah. things you can you can really out of two lessons with a good teacher you can you can you can take so much away from that that yeah. you can build on yeah exactly and it just helps a lot um and then uh, another point is to challenge yourself often to sing higher or even lower um, than than mm. it's immediately comfortable. Because um, I think as singers, we tend to want to stick where we're comfortable and where we think we sound great. But yeah. actually, we need to, like, um, my uh, somebody that is also a singer, she always tells me that developing a voice is like watching a flower bloom. You know, it can't stay in a bud. It has to, like, open up so that everyone can mm. smell the fragrance of it. And it's the same with our voices. It needs to bloom. It needs time to stretch. It needs time to go higher and lower. And, yeah. um, you know, like, the you know, one of the only ways that we can get there to that point where we stretch our range of voice, which is which means how low or high we can sing, is actually by challenging ourselves to go beyond mm. what we're comfortable in or what we're used to. Um, yeah. And it doesn't always sound pretty, which is why we should start at home <laughs> or in the car. <laughs> But it it makes a difference. Like, you know, if you ever get the opportunity to uh, pick a song to lead or if you're picking a harmony, you know, and you usually go for a lower harmony, which we'll get to later, then you rather sing the higher harmony and you and you kind of challenge yourself a little bit to to stretch beyond. And, and that every time you stretch a little bit, it's like you you stretch your your vocal muscles a bit and, and it yeah. comes with time. Um, yeah. And also the same with singing softer or louder. I know some people struggle to sing softer 
And some people struggle to sing louder. Again, it goes with what kind of voice you were born with. But mm. it's it's not so much about working on your strengths, but actually strengthening your weaknesses in your voice. Um, yeah. So that altogether, you know, you've got a, a powerful instrument to work with. Um, and that's that's really important. And then my final incredibly important point on developing your voice is to listen to a lot of different music. Um, listen mm. to different vocal styles, listen to different genres, listen to the great singers, you know, and listen to how they sing. Listen to, you know, from the beginning of the song to the end of the song. So many musicians do that, that play instruments. They listen to the song, they listen to what the bass is doing or the drums is doing. But vocalists should listen to, okay, what is this vocalist doing? How is he starting or she starting? How is mm. she ending? You know, like how is she building the song? And it just mm. helps us to to kind of get an awareness of what's out there and what mm. what's possible, you know, and just kind of hearing something and being like, oh, you know, like that's actually how that happened or that's how that grew. That helps us to take it back again into when we're preparing and being like, okay, you know, if we don't know it's possible, we can't prepare like that yeah. you know, if if that makes any sense you know just um to to really widen our our kind of our understanding and our yeah idea of music um and what vocalists absolutely. can do is is really important developing our own voices absolutely yeah Cool. I'm I'm gonna move on to the next point and I, yeah. I kinda think we're gonna have to pick up the pace of it. <laughs> Otherwise this is gonna become like a three part series. Um okay. that's fine. <laughs> let's quickly chat up let's chat about harmony. Um and I actually want us to quickly give an example of a harmony of harmony because many people when asked, do you know what harmony is, they nod their heads, but then they, they don't actually know. So <laughs> okay. uh, we're gonna give it a go. I'm just gonna hold one note and you can give a harmony on another note. Uh, okay. And we're going to see if this works over FaceTime. So, <laughs> we'll see later how that one comes out. But anyway, that's an example of harmony. Yeah. Uh, as, as one is singing the melody, the harmony is supporting. How do you learn how to harmonize, Joe? Um, well, I'm going to kind of repeat a little bit about what I said Um in developing your voice it's again it really has much more to do with your ears than your voice um in the beginning when when we're born and when we're growing up um we tend to have what they call a lazy ear so that means that you've got no experience in what sound what music sounds like or what the melody is or all that kind of stuff mm. so our ears are lazy and mm. um for most musicians um or, or singers rather they've had no experience in listening to an instrument or listening, for instance, to another vocal, we've always just like sung by ourselves or sung with an audio. So all of a sudden, when we're faced on a Sunday with an instrument playing something and another vocal mm. playing something, then actually our ears struggle to differentiate between the sounds and the melodies and then hear what we're supposed to sing. And that's what you call a yes. lazy ear. Um, and so actually, the really important thing about harmony, yeah, like I said, is to to realize that we have a lazy ear and we need to fix that um, or we need to grow that. So a harmony is uh, usually a third higher or a third lower than what the melody is singing. That's what harmony is. If you go listen, for instance, and I'm singing, I'm talking now just about worship um, or vocals. If you have, for instance, an orchestra, you have much more harmonies. You have a four-part harmony. Um, you have each instrument is playing a different line and those are all harmonies um 
And so th that's basically what it is. It's not singing what the melody is doing, but it's fitting in with what the melody is singing so that it creates mm. a beautiful unity of sounds. Um, so mm. how you can learn to harmonize is that you need to l learn to hear what harmonies are available when the music is going on around you. That's usually mm. the biggest struggle for harmony, people who are on in harmony and their ears aren't used to it or they can't differentiate or, you know, we've got lazy ears, is that we mm. hear the vocalist singing something, the lead vocalist, the worship leader singing a melody and we, we, can't, we can't figure out where to start. Um, mm. Most people who just start doing harmony have a really big problem um, not singing the melody with the worship leader once he or she starts singing. That's, that's usually yeah. the problem that we have. So we need to learn how to hear the harmony. And then mm. secondly, we need to stop ourselves from being influenced by what the other singers are singing on stage when we're singing. So basically mm. what that means is kind of what I've mentioned before is that, um, you know, you're, you're singing or you're trying to sing and there's another harmony, for instance, and there's the melody singing and you keep on kind of, even though you're trying to sing your own thing, you keep on finding yourself singing what the other person is singing. It's kind of like mm. your ear naturally goes there. And that's again to do with just your ears need to be developed because um, when, we're, we're, when they're undeveloped, they easily sing what they hear, but they find it mm. difficult to be independent and like, that your voice is actually singing your own thing. I know it sounds completely mm. technical, but if you have ever been in this situation before, you will understand exactly what I mean. And, and that's basically the, the, the first step, the problem that we need to identify, if I can put it that way. Not that it's a problem, it's natural, but um, yep. those are the, the two. Challenge. That's the challenge. Um, so a really awesome way and a very easy way to learn how to harmonize is that you need an instrument. Um, like a piano or a guitar or somebody that can play piano or guitar that can help you. And what you do is you play any two notes on the piano or on the guitar, just like a lower and a higher note, um, preferably not too far apart. So maybe like four or five notes apart or whatever, just any top or bottom note together, doesn't matter. And then basically you have to challenge yourself to pick out and sing the top note. And then you need to do that 20 times in a row without making a mistake. Mm. So you need to do that. You can move all over the piano, play any kind of note combinations or the guitar or whatever like that. And if you get to number 17 and you sing the wrong notes, then you need to start all over again. And basically it just goes like that. And that's how we train our ears to start hearing it. And it takes time because it is a muscle and it takes time because it needs to become fit and our ears need to become confident and we need to become confident in hearing it. Yeah. Um, and once you reach the 20 high notes perfectly, then you get to the next level and that is doing it again, but having to pick out the lower note. Um, and I promise you, this is really the best way to learn how to harmonize is to do Good this. Exercise. Yeah. And then um, to start really simple with simple songs when you're singing a song to harmonize, um, like, you know, golden oldie, like how great is our God or something like that. And just singing along with it and trying to pick out the harmony. Um, well, I, I also want to say I, how I learned was, uh, somebody had to sh sing it for me, had to sing the harmony. For yeah. Me. That can also um, work. So they would literally sing it and then I would copy them and I would get maybe the first two notes right and then I'd lose it. And yeah, uh, so it's kind of, you, you 
you pick you you grow in confidence with it. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, for me, I'm just mentioning it. I found it a lot easier having somebody actually sing the harmony for me. Yeah. If you have that available, if you have somebody that can yeah. sing harmony and can do that, that's great. But if you don't and you're kind of like, okay, I've got to do this myself, then it's a, <laughs> this is a good way to start. Um, Absolutely. And then another thing is also just to listen to worship songs or simple songs and hear, try to hear what the person is singing as a harmony and copy that. Um, yes. And wherever you go, whenever you hear a song... And I've had so many people roll their eyes at me when I say this. Like, you have to be pedantic about it. If you're driving in the car, if you're walking in the shopping mall and you hear a song coming on, switch, switch on your brain and try to find a harmony. You know, like, just keep on being active about it. And before yes. you know it, it's kind of like it becomes a subconscious thing where you can hear it, mm -hmm. you know, and then you right. start hearing multiple harmonies. And then when you get on Sunday to church and you've got the song going, then you can actually hear the harmonies, um, you know, even if they're spontaneous worship, because that's actually what you're building towards as a harmony backing vocalist is being able to um, be spontaneous and being able to improvise mm. in the moment as well. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I know a big thing for you, which you can quickly mention, uh, is how to make sure that people who are on for harmony, say you've got two or three vocalists on backing and they're all singing harmony how do you make sure everyone blends that's always a challenge <laughs> um but it's not impossible i think you know just some practical points because i i think that a lot of people will be in this situation at one point or another hopefully not too early in their harmonizing career but if it does happen um it's again just a thing of being really aware being aware of mm. who's singing what um but then there's that challenge of not being influenced by what the other person is singing. So it's, it's a challenge. Um, but yeah, if I can put it like this, the thing that you need to focus on when there's more than one backing vocal is what harmony is the other backing vocal singing? Is she singing higher than the melody? Is she singing lower than the, the melody? That's kind of the rule of thumb. If she's, mm. or she or he is singing higher than the melody, then for you you need to go lower than the melody um, and vice versa. Mm. So it's that's a, just a good kind of um, guideline um, in mm. being able to sing with another harmony because the worst thing is if you're singing a harmony and the other harmony is, for instance, singing the other harmony properly at the <laughs> beginning of the song, at the beginning of the song, you're all sorted. But then after the chorus or whatever, or after a minute of singing the song, the other harmony kind of just like glitches and you know you can hear that they're struggling to hear what they were singing and then they just revert to what you're singing and then yeah. you have an issue because then someone has yeah. to stop preferably right. you know um and and that's just a thing that's a thing that can really easily be remedied if as backing vocalists we're on together and we kind of just check before the time okay who's singing higher who's singing lower and then making a conscious decision before the song starts to pay attention to okay mm. am i still singing on the right harmony line or you know am i kind of crossing over into what the other harmony is singing and it even if we are singing lower or higher and um, separately there are also times where it's possible to cross over for instance um i can sing in a specific part of my harmony to a higher note when i'm supposed to be singing lower and that can clash with the other harmony and that's also just something, it happens. 
if we're not being conscious and we're thinking about what we're saying and being aware of what the other person is saying, it's constantly, you know, being sure, okay, are we, are we actually blending? You know, not, not starting the song and thinking, okay, everything's going well. And then kind of switching off and going on autopilot because then things go wrong. Um, But kind of just always being in unity, you know, working together, blending around each other, being flexible, being able to improvise in the moment and stuff like, um, for instance, it's such a pleasure to sing with somebody that actually works with you like that. If if your harmony, um, I, at at many conferences, I've I've sung with Anari Logan, who um, yeah she she led worship for a long time in Shofar, and it was always such a pleasure to sing with her because we would talk a little bit before the time about who's singing higher and who's singing lower, and then you yeah. know, okay, we're gonna stick to that, and we're kind of gonna be sensitive to each other, and there was never an issue. Um, and the worst thing is if two harmonies are kind of doing like this vocal duel and you don't, okay, you can't see it, but you can hear it. Um, and, and so that's just, <laughs> that's something that's really important to me. And I think along the line, as you progress in your career as a backing vocalist, it's something super important to focus on. Um, awesome. yeah. Awesome. Joe, that's been such good stuff. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a pause in this episode now. And we're going to continue uh, in part two, where we're going to speak about how you prepare for a service, how you prepare your voice, uh, practical tips, creating dynamics, and a whole bunch of other things. So make sure to join us for part two. Thank you for joining the Spirit Truth podcast. Check out chauffeurband.com for music and resources. You can also subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Oh, 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 oh,